Well, then we should probably just get going. Yeah. Although I have to send an email now, Kimberly, that you're going to be on the receiving end, in which I say, oh, I'm a jerk, and I can't check my own schedule. Anyway. <laughs> Anywho. Do I start today? I don't even have the thing up. No. I, I start. You start. So I will give right. you a minute. Uh, I am Kimberly Adams, and welcome back to Make Me Smart. Where we make today make sense, and the person who's getting his things together is mm. Kai Ristall. <laughs> getting my bleepity bleep 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 together. So I got calendar stuff, I got home stuff. Anyway, hey, I'm Kai. Uh, thanks for joining us on a Monday. Uh, let's see, we'll do some news. Uh, we'll do a couple of Make Me Smiles. Uh, mine is a little bit more ew than Make Me Smile, but I thought it was interesting. And uh, we will begin, um, as we said, with the news. Yes, uh, I'll go ahead and go first because uh, I'm okay. just watching what's going down in Puerto Rico. And yeah. man, it feels like they just, you know, started coming back from Maria. And now Hurricane Fiona has done some major damage, severe flooding, landslides, and the whole island basically lost power. And that's a big story in itself the fact that. Despite everything we saw of the infrastructure problems and the lack of resources and the sort of disconnect from the mainland and the very slow distribution of resources after Hurricane Maria, nevertheless, here we are again. Yeah. Um, it's, it's which amazing. drew my attention. Yeah. Yeah. Which drew my attention to the story that's bits and pieces of it are in lots of places, but I uh, found a good wrap up in. Um, the mysanantonio.com, right? And it's, I don't know, I'm seeing that it's actually, okay, this Bloomberg story that talks about how even as the island is struggling to recover from this, they are in court, the power utility, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Puerto Rico's power utility and bondholders are in court trying to figure out what to do with the utilities $9 billion debt restructuring plan, which they've been working on for years and they still don't have a deal. Because basically the yeah. bondholders are saying this company that runs Puerto Rico's power grid is deep in debt. They took out all these loans to keep things going and they're not charging their users enough to pay everybody back. And also they want like sort of a bigger slice of the gross revenue as opposed to sort of separate accounts that the utility Mm -hmm. says they should be paid from. And it's a big mess. And I just can't – like the level of mess-uppedness that is going on here (laughs) is pretty epic (laughs) that the island is actively dealing with the aftermath of a hurricane – actively struggling to restore power and folks are in court over what to do about the extreme debt that the power utility is already in from not just the aftermath of Maria, but years of sort of struggles and, you know, depending on who you listen to, mismanagement and malfeasance. And uh, it's it's an interesting story and, and Bloomberg does a, a pretty deep look at it. It's, it's worth reading. Yeah, Bloomberg, uh, uh, well... Bloomberg does great work, especially their explanatory stuff. But the idea that this is happening again is, is to mm-hmm. me, just staggering. I just I, – I cannot even believe it. Cannot even believe it. But, I mean, uh, what was really okay. done to stop it from happening again? Right. Right. Oh, right? nothing. Nothing. There was lots of lip service paid. There was a change in the governor's office and, and uh, uh, you know, but the short answer is nothing. 
Short answer yeah. is nothing. Yeah. Um, okay, anyway, so uh, I've, I've got two. Uh, one is real and one is just shut up, John Kerry. And I will go with shut up, John Kerry first. So John <laughs> Kerry, who is the U.S. climate envoy... I'm just going to read you the headlines of the of the uh, Reuters article. U.S. climate envoy John Kerry calls on African nations to help curb emissions. Shut up, John Kerry. African nations contribute something like low single digits percentage, like no joke, two and a half to three percent of global carbon emissions. So shut up, John Kerry. Um, and I think we can all read between the lines on that one. Uh, and also so like glass the- houses. Come on. Oh, uh, I, well, exactly, right? I mean, between us many and things. the rest of the developed <laughs> world, just shut up John Kerry. That's that's all I have to say. Uh, so that's item number one. Item number two, though, is an amazing story uh, from Bloomberg, and it's amazing because of the graphics. So let's back up for a minute. Interest rates are going up. When interest rates go up, um, uh, mortgage rates go up. The 30-year fixed a week ago was 6.02%, which is the highest it's been since 2008. And why does that matter? That matters because the monthly nut, your monthly payment, is directly related to that interest rate. And when your monthly nut goes up, houses rapidly become unaffordable. And so Bloomberg did a lot of research on cities and uh, uh, places where that monthly nut has really spiked since rates have gone up. And the one that blew me away was San Jose, San Mateo, and the peninsula of San Francisco, where the monthly average, the average monthly nut is $9,000. I'm going to say that again. $9,000. Yes. That's what I mean. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So we'll put it on the show page. The headline of the piece is, here's how much a new monthly mortgage payment has surged in 10 U.S. metros. When rates go up, as we've talked about, but prices don't go down, as we have also talked about, right? The most recent case, Schiller, mm-hmm. the National Home Price Index Survey, the reputable one, the gold standard, was like 19% year on year, maybe 192 I forget. This is what happens. That monthly nut, the monthly payment you have to make, becomes literally unaffordable, well-nigh astronomical. But at the same time, the people paying $9,400 a month for a mortgage in Silicon Valley are not the people who are worried about affordability. No, absolutely. But but as a metaphor of what ails the American (laughs) housing market, that's a damn good example. Yes, yes, for sure, for sure. If I may just say. So so there's my news. mad at you because you said the bad word. Well, you know what? We're all adults (laughs) listening to this podcast. I don't think there are any kids. Maybe, Maybe there are kids. I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's what we got. All uh, right. Uh, let, us, let us smile, smile, shall we? A bit, shall we? Uh, why don't you go first? Okay. So here's mine. It's kind of gross, but it caught my eye, and it made me just sit back and kind of wonder a little bit. So there's an article in the Washington Post uh, today pointing out that uh, researchers and scientists have done some work, and they have come up with the number of... 20,000 trillion, which is uh, uh, an amazing number, it's unimaginable, of ants on the planet Earth. Okay? Here's my favorite Mm -hmm. part. If all the ants were plucked from the ground and put on a scale, they would outweigh all the wild birds and mammals put together. For every person, there are about two and a half million ants. And the reason this caught my eye, it's 20 quadrillion, by the way. The reason this caught my eye is that we're having something of an ant uh, complosion in my house the past couple of days. So I've spent a lot of time like wiping ants off the kitchen counter, which my house is very clean. I'm just saying it just happens. It doesn't matter. When ants decide that they are going to make a home in your house or your 
garden beds, as has been the bane of yes. my existence for like the last three years. It doesn't oh, matter. No, garden like, beds, right? W- yes. What you beds. do, what and so and they come inside. Yes. Sorry, I'm. I you, oh have so many ant traps. I ordered like all these ladybugs and praying mantises to try yep, to eat yep, the aphids yep. that the ants were yep. farming to try to deal with the ant problem. And then I remember at the beginning of the season this year, I I felt like I had it under control. And then I went upstairs one day and like there were all of just this huge mass of yep. ants just like coming out. And I just dumped, yeah. I, I don't know how you say it, diamatius earth. Um, I couldn't tell you. This... It's this material that's made of like ground up um, sea shells or, or like old coral or something. But anyway, oh, yeah. it's this stuff you put on bugs and it like slices them up in a very violent way and makes them die. Oh, wow. And mm-hmm. I dumped a lot of it on them and I felt <laughs> oh, pretty satisfied. It was, it was one of my darker moments, but I was quite angry. <laughs> I made yeah, a video fun. of it and sent it to my mother and she was like, you have a problem. Wow. <laughs> but I was wow. mad. That's, that's, anyway, that's there are a lot of ants. <laughs> And answer not your friends. Some, but they are very important for the ecosystem, and we should value all parts of creation. Yes, and all the things I'm going to. Yes, but not on my kitchen counter. Thank you very much. That's all I'm saying. No, no. All right. Well, speaking of uh, the kitchen, uh, I saw this story over the weekend, and it immediately made me think of you. And it's not on its face a make me smile, but it 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 has a potential smile at the end of it. So. There is apparently a looming beer shortage, according to Axios. Whoa, hey, ho, 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 hold on, what? (laughs) Click the link, it's a boy. Hold the damn phone. (laughs) So, oops, so it's because there's like a shortage of CO2, as in not like just in the air, but just the CO2 facilities that sort of get the carbon dioxide that you need to put into beer to make wow. it bubbly is having some problems. Oh. And so I'm reading this uh, from Axios. A CO2 production hub in Jackson, Mississippi, became contaminated by an extinct volcano, which cut down an already <laughs> limited supply of the gas. This, this is So the many things here. Oh, my okay. Wow. But the smile part is a kind of cool technology story that they highlight, which is that some breweries are actually doing okay because they installed um, new technology that allows them to capture the CO2 that's naturally produced in the brewing process and re like put that CO2 back into the beer. So it's like a closed cycle. So they oh, don't have cool. to worry about the shortage as much. So like, I'm not thrilled that these companies are going to be struggling financially and and dealing with yet another supply chain shortage. And I imagine that uh, (laughs) some people are very worried about whether or not there's going to be enough beer. And I can recognize that that might instill panic in some. But there's at least a tech solution to it. Ah, uh, tech. All right. So there's a crisis coming. Tech's going to save us. That's good. I'll will take that. One. Yeah, right, we've never done, heard that before, uh, have we? <laughs> yeah, that's no, that's right. What could, what could possibly go wrong? Yes. Uh, all right. So so we are done uh, for this Monday. We're back tomorrow. Jennifer Pack's going to be with us. She's our China correspondent, and we're going to talk all things China. It's economy, um, it's politics, it's place in the global economy, all those good things, um, short and long term, which is how you got to think about stuff like that. 
Yeah, for sure. And in the meantime, if you have questions or comments, especially about China, because you know Biden was making news on that yesterday, uh, mm-hmm. our email mm-hmm. is makemesmart at marketplace.org, or you can call and leave us a voice message at 508-UB-SMART. Make Me Smart is produced by Marissa Cabrera. My name is Kyle Rizdahl, not Amy Scott. Today's program is engineered by Drew Jostad. Just thought I'd throw that in. A little inside rundown. We really just read whatever's on the page in front of us. Our senior producer is Bridget Bodner, and the director of On Demand is Donna Tam. By Ron Burton. Again. It's not like you read I'm Amy Scott or anything like that. I know, right? It's just the initials. I know. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.